Hello and welcome. This is our first installment of Torque Talk. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host for this episode. Torque, aka the Obstacle Course Racing Collaboration, is a team of elite OCR athletes who have come together to push the results of this sport forward. A Torque Talk is when we spend time with the athletes on the team so you can get to know their inside perspectives of the sport and will help you learn more about their mindset, their training, their nutrition, and all the things that they do that help them get the results that they get. So today we talked to one of our founding members named Nick Reichert, who has established himself as one of the top athletes in the Midwest region, if not the top athlete in the Midwest region, I'll add. And so Nick gives us some insight into some of his favorite workouts, some of the intangibles that he believes makes a successful OCR athlete and what he has that has given him this uh, already vast amount of success. So I loved chatting with him. I think you will enjoy it too. We'll have a lot of insights and a lot more of these coming for you in the future. But right now, here is my friend, Nick Riker. Nick, tell us a little bit about who you are. First, like, where do you live? Like, you just made a move, right? Yeah, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Honky Tonks. Um, so, yeah, I, I moved here in August or late July. I was born and raised in southern Illinois my whole life, 20, 40 years, and then moved about two and a half hours south to Nashville. Is that all it is? So yeah. it's, it's, still, it's still pretty close? Yeah, yeah. It's like a day trip. That's awesome. And like your brother's down there with you, right? Or was he there first? Yeah, he was there. He's been here since uh, 2017, since I started my senior year of college. So he's been here for a good minute. I moved in with him. Yeah. What has been better for training? And like, so I guess, I mean, we haven't had too many races. so We're not really quite sure how things are going to, like what's going to be better in terms of like the race results. But what's better for training, you think? Like, where you're like your hometown or so back Vegas home so like so back home in southern Illinois like we didn't have a lot of competition for me or we didn't have like I would have to drive pretty far to like get some quality trail and hill work but uh and I was working a job I absolutely hated so maybe training like back home like was like oh my god this is my time away from work so I, I really like appreciated it more the only, like, the, the hardest thing about here is, like, I just don't know where, like, I had routes back home, and I had, like, okay, if I can do this route in this time, I know I am fit. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, if I can do this trail, this hill, in this amount of time, or, like, I know I'm fit. Like, back down in Nashville, I'm trying to find, because now it's all hilly here. All the roads are hilly. The trails are a lot more technical than back home. So, it's, like, now I got to find new, like, benchmarks in my fit right now. Hmm. Um, that's been a difficult, but I have more time to train. So I'm, and it's, that's like more self-discipline. Like, so now I, since I have more time to train, I have to train more. Um, so it's both like, and I'm, and I'm working a job that I absolutely love now. So it's definitely at pros and cons, but I think in the long term, this is going to be a lot more like better for me, especially there's a lot more like people. I, I've been running with more people here than, I ran with a guy who went to the Olympic trials in the marathon. I ran with a track guy who's like a 401 miler. Like it's a lot better down here for like definitely competition. Just like more dense people. Like you're going to have better runners and any like urban area that's going to attract just people to come live and work. You're going to get some good athletes there. Yeah. You know, so like just by a numbers game, it's going to be a, a, a better turnout for that. Um, your chin might be hitting this mic. 
it's like, okay. cr- it's like crinkling a little bit on my end. Um, so just like, just don't touch it. Just make sure it's like away from your shirt or something. Um, so yeah, I kind of went through the same thing with, uh, like this past year I've created more time for myself, essentially switching jobs, like just being able to work on my own terms and which freed up a ton of time to train. Right. Like you kind yeah. of mentioned that too. And like, was that part of the, when you moved down, we are like, I'm going to go down here and get uh, a job so I can train more or is it just kind of a byproduct of the circumstances? And like, what do you do? What is your job now? So I work at D1 Sports Training. Um, they have probably about, we have 50 locations across the country. It's like hmm. high level, it's a high level gym. So our gym has a 60, 60 yard indoor football field, like weight training, like, you know, NFL free agents, if they live in Nashville, they come and train and then, like, try to get on a team. Off-season, like, professional players get on a team here. I mean, then it's also just group training for adults. So, you know, I'm a part-time group fitness trainer there, and then I work in sales as well um, at the gym. So, you know, it's just a big group fitness class. I think the difference between our the, – the big difference between us and, like, an F45, like, an Orange Theory, like – First of all, there's, like, no running in those two. You're always, like, doing just going up and down. So, like, we get out on the turf and we'll do sprints. We'll do, like, mile, like, run around, like, do some mile runs. And then we do, like, heavy weight training. So, like, I think it's really, like, you know, they call the other high-intensity gyms, like, functional fitness for life. Like, we're making athletes for life almost, like, how our, how our training is. So, I think it's, it's awesome. That gym is awesome. Get to work out there, like, everything I need for anything. Um, but I, I mean, I, I did move down here to find a better quality of life. And if I, that was a, hopefully to find a job where it gave me more room, like more flexibility to train. Like I want to like go all in on optical course racing and training. So that was the main part. Um, I'm actually working more hours than I did back home, but I'm more flexible with my hours at my gym and I'm able to like have longer mornings basically to to do my workouts Mm -hmm. yeah that trainer lifestyle it's it's flexible to a certain extent but then like the hours are just hours that nobody wants to work (laughs) they're just like super early ones those late night ones but the middle of the day you can do some work is that kind of how it fits in for you like are you working yeah so i i most of my so like i split it up like three shifts are like in the morning so like five to five to noon and then i have the rest of the day off and then the other days are i work from noon till seven so those days like i at least get to like sleep in a little and then like do my workouts oh nice Um, and that's ideal if you can get get work out at like you know eight or nine in the morning like that's when i'm like awake i feel good i'm ready to go so like you have that type of yeah. 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 And I like back home when I was working my desk job, like eight to four thirty, like I was waking up four fifty, four forty AM out the door by like five twenty. And like it was awesome to get my like first thing of the day, get my run in before I do a whole shift. But like at the same time I just ran myself into the ground how tired I was, I felt like. That's a thing, man. Like being getting something done in the morning, it does have it gives it a good spin for the day. You're like, all right, sweet, I already accomplished something that is great, and I, I have this edge on the day. But it does catch up, and that's that's mm-hmm. when I when I was doing like the trainer lifestyle, I w- I had a five thirty every morning, like Monday through Friday, and like I would have a seven p.m. 
two or three nights a week. So I would get done at like eight and you know, you're not ready for bed until you can't really get to bed until like 10. Mm-hmm. So my training was still good, but I was always exhausted. Yeah. And like, and like when you're in that, you don't like, you might not quite know that you're just like dying all the time. So do you feel more refreshed now? Do you feel better? I do. I do. And like, I definitely do. Like before I was able to just like, I, I could still, if I wanted to, but like, I would roll off of like six hours of sleep and now it's like, I'm getting like nine and a half hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep, which is amazing. And like my workouts, like I'm feeling bad. I'm not my body. My legs are recovering better. Um, those days I do have to wake up at five. Like I do like get less sleep, but that's only two days a week. Like it's not, I mean three days a week. Like it's not the biggest deal in the world. Are you tracking your sleep or is it just kind of like, I never uh, really track I really never try. I know I, I go to bed around this time and I'll probably fall asleep within 20 minutes and then I wake up. Um, I mean, back home, like I was getting consistent at least, at least like seven to eight, but like I was going to bed, I was having to go to bed like at eight 30, which sucked. It's crazy. Like, I had no social life. <laughs> like get in the off summertime, work at, it's like light out at eight 30. <laughs> yeah. Get, get off work at four 30, have four hours to do some stuff and then go right back to bed. I know that's when it's hard to prioritize sleep. And that's yeah. like the thing. It's, it's like a tough balance, right? It's like, okay, what is going to be better for me as an athlete or me, me in terms of my life? <laughs> so it's, yeah. it sounds like, yeah, the, the, the whole situation is much better. Yeah. It's a much better quality of life, but like, my brother's my best friend and we just get to hang out. We, sometimes we don't like, we'll always be here like every night, but he, or like, we might go like a whole week without seeing each other sometimes though. Um, cause he's a, he works night as an ER nurse. So mm. like sometimes like I'm, I'm leaving when he's coming in or like he's, he's leaving when I'm coming home from the day. So sometimes we just cross paths, but, um, it's good just to hang out, out with him when we have our days off. So like he's, he's been good for me. He's a good big brother. I would like love to live with, my little brother. I mean, those are past me. He's married now. I'm engaged. So like, that's probably mm-hmm. never going to happen. And, but are you worried? <laughs> are you like, I, if- so, so Brandon, he's been hanging out with this one girl and he goes, man, I think I might like her. And I'm like, Ugh, let's, let's hold off. You know? Let's hold off for at least a couple more years. You don't have to make up. Before I, you say you like a girl real fast. I just moved down here, man. We're here to hang out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need any of this, but like he, he recently i'm just spilling his whole life story but like he lived with a girlfriend for a couple of years and he goes you know i probably won't do that ever again until i get engaged with somebody mm. so like that was just like it was tough he learned a lesson we've all learned lessons so i'm hoping at least get a year year and a half out of him <laughs> and you're just years. giving him a reminder just reminding him of his past yeah. like hey i'm not saying either way but you said before i'm just yeah i'm just yeah. simply reminding you yeah that's exactly. all um so Nick, you're how old are you? Twenty four. Twenty four. Almost twenty five. Have you been doing when? When was your first obstacle course race? When I was twenty sixteen, a sophomore in college. No way. Um. So it's been it's been a minute. I only did one in twenty sixteen, so I was twenty years old. Yeah, and what yeah. what was it just like around your school? Did you see it? And was it were people like, "Hey, come do it this"? It was in Atlanta. No, I was in school in Illinois, and it was in Atlanta. And my friend said, you should do this because he did one at the Fort Campbell earlier, like, like the year prior. And I was like, okay. So I signed up for it and I didn't train whatsoever. Um, and then I did it and I walked across that finish line. 
literally walked for <laughs> yeah i got like i got robert killing was there the year after we won the world championship in a sprint i lost him by like 40 minutes um in a five mile race and i got like 90th place nice so yeah. your story's not a tip why did your buddy come to you and be like hey you should do this so like so i did a run in college i ran out of junior college um only for one year uh, I plan on going two years, but the college cut the cross country and track team <laughs> after my freshman year. Uh, so it wasn't really my choice. And I thought about transferring to another JUCO or to like to the university or like down the road from us, but I still had a full ride at my junior college. Oh, they honor your scholarship. Kind of, yeah. They honor my scholarship. And then I was just like, Oh man, like I am just, I was not in a good place with running at that time. So I just like, I'm not going to run anymore and I'm just going to lift weights and get huge, which, you know, I put on a lot of muscle and you're yoked. um, It worked. Yeah. I put on a lot of muscle in just like three or four months, just like consistently lifting. And he goes, you know, you need some strength and you, and you used to be, you were a good runner once. So maybe you'd be good at this. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I did it. What happened with running? Like why, like you did well at, I mean, you qualified nationally, right? Yeah, I did. I just had like I I had a I liked my teammates that we had, but just the way it ended, um, I don't know. Like I just that that kind of college running, like it's like the same story of every program. Like they just like try to run you into the ground. Like there's no easy days. There's nothing like that. And um, and like once they announced our college was like done, like they they announced that in at spring break my freshman year and they but they let us finish out the season everybody just quit like the coaches even stopped showing up it was just me two other distance guys and a sprinter that's all we had and I was just like man I don't I just I don't know I just feel like any passion was there for like like if my coach quits on me I don't know I just I I didn't have that I at that time I didn't have the motivation to just basically do it by myself um so I was in and with my we can talk about this later, but with my rib injury, like it was like doing that kind of volume and being so skinny. Um, it just got so bad that freshman year, my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college, it was so bad. I was like, you know, I don't want to put myself through this pain. Um, so I was just in a bad place with running. I was kind of just tired of it. I took a whole summer off. I worked at church camp and I took a whole summer off. I was like, man, my, I feel amazing. No, like no pain. Um, and then, like, I was like, man, I'm going to – first time in my life, I'm going to actually lift weights and gain some muscle. And that was just – that was it. I just I just got away from it for about a year, year and a half. Were you – when they, like, cut the program and you saw that things were going, like, sideways and just all the things you just said, like, you feel run down, like, that the program really wasn't catered to you in any way. You know, you had the rib thing, which we definitely will touch on. Like, so, like, you were physical pain a lot of the times. Were you, like, relieved when they cut the program or were you, like, bummed? <sighs> I was a little bummed because we did have an awesome team. Like my cross country, like that cross country season, that was a lot of fun. Like our distance squad, we like meshed well with each other. Not a lot of us took it like seriously. Like not a lot of us wanted to go on to the next level. Like one guy did and I was thinking about doing it. Um, and like we were like going to have like, a four pretty, year. Yeah. Like mean? a four year. Yeah. Um, and like we were like, our coach was talking us up like our main goal for the track season was going to be the four by eight and try to go all American as a relay team. 
Um, so I was pretty bummed about that because we were going to have four guys that like go sub two and a junior college. That's pretty good. We would have been an all American squad. We probably would have got a top five as a junior college. So I was looking really forward to that. Um, and I thought maybe we still like at least four of us was going to stick around, but then like, I was like bummed because, because we were all going to come back the next year as well. Mm -hmm. And then they just, it's just quit on us. Um, the school did and which really sucks is the only teams that won national championships was our men's cross country team. Like we had five national championships in like 15 years of the program's history. Huh. Um, so like, I mean, I know it's just like goes down to show like performance has nothing to do with yeah. the way that, that yeah. And like we did it. have the, tr- we, and like the, the school's hands were tied. Illinois went through a massive, the governor at that time, like cut so much of school budgets, like so much on private school budgeting that like every junior college or small college had to cut something like mm-hmm. everybody did. Like we had an interim head coach, so it was really easy, I feel like. And we were in a conference. Every other team was in a conference. So it was, like, it was obvious, like, we were going to be the ones that, like, like, got let go, basically. Shoot. So, like, the writing was on the yeah. wall. Nigga, yeah. And your, your, your big man oh, my bad. chin and my jaw. Bad. You just have, like, this huge manly jaw that just keeps, like, scraping up against it. I can't be mad. I'm just, like, jealous. My jaw's, like, not even close to the microphone. <laughs> hold it, um, I'll hold it up. You got it. It's, like, get out there for, like, a freaking – Who's a who's a celebrity? The big I, I'd imagine Brad Pitt has a big jaw. I'm not sure, but someone was like, mm. um, so what was that? Did it, like when you are kind of told it's over, <laughs> and like when you're 20, like you know it might be like your last hurrah, right? And like you've obviously extended yourself as an athlete, but in that time where you're like, oh, okay, am I like not an athlete now? Like, how's this work? Like, or, or what's that was, um, I mean, I, I finished out that track season, me and my two friends, we did, and we all qualified for nationals. And I remember like, like I was talking, like our head coach, at least like reached out to other top junior colleges in the country and other schools. And they were like, yeah, you can transfer here. Uh, we don't know if we can give you a four, right, but you, you have a spot on our team. Like a bunch of schools like reach out to us and they were really sad. And cause we did have like a historic, like, history like we did have like a really good team so like um i was i so like my last track race i didn't know it like i was like 90 percent sure it was gonna be my last one um it was the 1500 and i just remember saying like this is my last this might be my last race ever and uh like that that was pretty emotional like i was in like all i knew up to that point was being an athlete and you know like that race was over did okay didn't move on to the to the um finals and then like went back to the next school year i remember this the first day of class went back to the next school year and then after my last class today i drove home and i was like well i guess that's it like there's no practice there's nothing that but that being a really big like that that took a while to get used to and then at the same time it was cool because like i got i got a job like i was able to make some money for myself like save money um like go met some awesome more more people in class like had more of a social life but i remember like it hit me i remember it hit my parents pretty hard too because all they knew like my siblings and i'm the youngest of four all they knew like up to that point was like going to our athletic events Mm -hmm. and then it just stopped and there's like and you're right like there's definitely opportunity with that and also the opportunity to like learn more about yourself right like when it's just like that you're uh, an athlete or a runner like 
that is the identity piece that's there. But when that's taken away, I could imagine it would just be like, and I remember I still kind of have thoughts like this where it's like, so people just don't do sports. They're just like, how do they identify themselves? You know, it's like, if you're not going to be, if you're not, if I want a runner, like then what, what the heck? But, um, but you played a, a bunch of other sports. Did you start getting into intramurals at that sport at, at that point too? Um, yeah. Like my junior college didn't have intramurals, but like I got probably in, I, at that time, my sophomore year into my junior year of college, I got into, I would say the best overall shape at that point in my life like ever, like I gained almost 30 by my senior year of college, I gained 40 pounds of muscle. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I, I, my, my first semester of college, I weighed 145 and then beginning of my last semester of college, I weighed 185 and like, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of body fat. Like humble brag. It wasn't a lot of body fat. Um, so like when you got into intramurals, like I was, basketball football and softball um basketball team my senior year we actually won the championship at the school so that was pretty cool um so yeah i got into a lot of other stuff just i don't know like yeah i I was i was doing a lot of hybrid workouts like i would run twice a week still like only like at 10 minutes at a time and then the other stuff i would be doing a lot of like amraps um i would never went to a crossfit gym it was just always on my own a bunch of amraps a bunch of just like jumping ability i got really athletic like i was able to like just throw down a basketball i you never just, was able just, to i was just like alley-oops just, two like, hands slamming it yeah off two feet yeah. too jump off two feet yeah yeah, yeah wow yeah, and you're what like, six you're six foot six one six foot like i was able to just like i was i put in like this big jumping program i remember um i wasn't following anybody i just like came up with it by myself and like like at the end of it, I was just like slamming a basketball like whenever I wanted to, basically. So that was really cool. That's that really was really cool. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you were to like you know when the draft happens, people get their like comparison of an NBA a, a present or past NBA player. What's your NBA player comp? Um, is nobody famous or anything that good? But like Mark is smart. Oh yeah, you locked the down Boston defense, Celtics. Yeah. Like can, in intramurals, in intramurals, I always took our best, the other team's best, def, best basketball player, um, and I always scored like a decent amount. We had some like real ballers on our team, but I was uh, on our intramural team. We were all like six foot or six one and under. I was definitely the probably the tallest and like the strongest. So I would play center, and I grew up playing point guard my whole life. So I played center, <laughs> but I was able to handle the ball going up, like but you rebound could dunk, the ball, so like... and then I was dunking. <laughs> <laughs> I never dunk, I never got to dunk in an intramural game. I, I wasn't able to like slam it on people. I would okay. have to have like a break. I would have to have like a breakaway. And playing center, yeah. you're not stealing the ball out yeah, front. You're, you're yeah. down low getting yeah. rebounds. I remember I, like our championship game my junior year, there was actually a kid on the – it was a D1 school I went to, a kid on the team that like – transfer there but he was academically ineligible so he played intramural basketball and we played his team in the championship game and i guarded him i didn't shut him down but like i got in his way (laughs) 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 he still scored like 25 points on me i remember thinking oh man i always thought like when i started gaining it really athletic like oh man i'm like a division two basketball player division three basketball player and i play against this guy he was he was d1 and like he just I've never seen anything like it still. I've never guarded anything like somebody like that. The levels that people can get in a sport like that are just like, 
a different world. Like you just don't come across those athletes so much. The, my like best friend growing up in high school, he was like a thousand point scorer at our, at our high school. And like, he played like, he just played like D3 at like the local school. He's like the best basketball player I ever played with. And like, he was just like an okay player in this grand scheme of things. So like those good players are like insane. Like, yeah. Unstoppably and, good. Yeah. And he, I mean, we were a mid major division one school and like, if you're like one of the better players, you what find school? They, what school did you go to? Southern Illinois University, home the Salukis. Of the Salukis. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're like one of the best players, they even if you're academically ineligible, like in quotes, like they're find a way to put you on the court. Yeah. So like even he was academically ineligible, and they couldn't like they're like okay, he wasn't good enough for like them to just like brush that off still, and he still is like oh my gosh. Is that Horizon? Yeah. Is that what you guys are? No, Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I went to St. Joe's here. We're at Atlantic 10. So, like, the competition's, yeah. like, similar. A-10's probably better, better basketball, Horizon. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but same deal, right? Like, the kids that mm-hmm. went to the school, they went to play, and, like, they didn't have to do anything else but play. Um, I used to like I used to like Southern Illinois when they'd make the tournament just because the abbreviated oh, yeah. version on the bracket yeah. would be uh, so ill. And I thought uh-huh. that was cool. I'd be like, I'm, I'm picking so ill because – Obviously, they're, yeah, they're, they're we, haven't made, like we haven't made the tournament in a long time, but yeah, those were. They I used like to. Mid, I was like yeah. in middle school, and those are like we went to the games all the time, and they were fun. Oh, they were fun. Yeah, they had some teams. They went. What's the furthest they went? Sweet sixteen, back to back years. No way. And oh, oh, seven and oh eight, I think. Yeah, so that that's legit, legit hoops there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like after you, after you got murdered. In Atlanta, did you fly down to Atlanta just to get murdered? Like no, I that? drove. Like, I drove. Okay, with still. my dad. Yeah. yeah, you were like, did you go there thinking you were going to win? I did. I was like, because I was looking at results of races, and I'm like, oh, they're doing like a four mile race in like 45 minutes. <laughs> this is like 12 That's, minute miles. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus, like I'll run to the obstacle, and I'll recover at an obstacle, and then I'll just run to the next one. So I was thinking I was going to do pretty well. And I didn't again. Like, I didn't really train like running wise. I put on a lot of muscle and like strength. Um, I still fell three obstacles, and um, so I did ninety burpees. Um, I don't What'd know why fail? I thought I was good. I failed the Z wall. I remember at the time I was like, the Z wall is impossible. Nobody <laughs> I on earth. The Z wall a couple times. Yeah. yeah, I was like, nobody <laughs> on earth can pass this. <laughs> Z wall, <laughs> monkey bars, and um, the multi rig at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because that was mm-hmm. that was before even like Twister, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Multi rig was like the hardest one. Um, so yeah, and it's funny when you go into it's like I have a running background, and all these people obviously aren't really runners, so I'll just kill them mm-hmm. and not even need to be in shape to do that to do so. Um, when you were done, was it fun? Or were you like pissed? I that was the hardest. I wasn't pissed. I was like, oh my gosh, there's this is actually a real thing. Like this is a legit like people train like like people at that point. I remember thinking like this is like a people train like this as a professional athlete. Like how they mm-hmm. do. Um, so I wasn't pissed. I was like, oh my gosh, I was just shocked more than anything. Um, and like my dad was like, and my dad was like. He was still like impressed that I did it, and I was like, I got like ninetieth place. Like there was like ch- there was like it's chubby men that beat yeah. me. That's yeah. <laughs> um, being a good dad. Yeah, uh, but I he was like, man, but I just don't. He's like, I'm impressed that you did that, Nick. But I just don't think this is for you. He was we were walking back in the car, thinking, man, I just 
Like you've never been like a kid who goes out, like gets muddy. And I never was like, I never really played in the mud growing up. I was always, I don't know, always just stick to the roads and stuff like that. So, um, but I always had a lot of grit in me. I always had a lot of grit, like basketball, baseball, like just fought to the end of everything. Um, but I was like, no, you know, I can't, I can't, my, I was like, I can't leave. I can't not do this again. Like I can't leave this sport, whatever. This be my last race and be 90th place. Like I gotta, I gotta try it again. I remember telling that. I was like, I can't do this. Like want it done and be like horrible at it. Like, come on. And like, I get what your dad's saying, right? Like, cause he's probably the same idea as you. It's like, people probably don't train for this and they are probably just built for it. And I kind of, I, I, I kind of think about that a little bit now, even it's, but like your dad's like, well, these people, they probably are all born in the woods running, like enjoy like doing the mud thing. And without really even knowing like, Oh, people are training for this, right? Like this yeah. is something people are actually preparing for, which is something that you don't, you don't, you don't know until you go there and you see the actual athletes who are out there. So like, so you did another one. How much time did you take? Did you, you knew right away um, you were going to do another one? I did it a whole year later. Like, I, yeah. like that summer, I w- you know, it was my sophomore year of college. Yeah, into my sophomore year of college. Um, I went to go work that camp again out in North Carolina. Came back um, for my junior year. And um, I, like, I actually trained this time. Like I was running probably like 15, 20 miles a week compared to like the five I was doing before. But they were all like quick, all like quick miles. And, um, you know, put on, like, I did some grip work strength at my buddy's house. Like, he had some, like, the rig set up, so we would do that. And, um, you know, I came back, like, pretty much a whole year later, and, like, I was in top five with a mile to go, and I uh, missed my spear, and I ended up getting 14th place. And I remember, like, I was like, holy shit, I got 14th place. I am a big dog. I didn't <laughs> think of that. <laughs> Like I'm a big dog at this regional race. Like I didn't know what like it was Atlanta again. Races, yeah, I did Atlanta again because it, it lined up with my spring break both years. Okay, um, in college, so that's why I did that. Uh, I remember thinking like I'm like holy crap, like, and right then and there I was like I got it, like I got to do another one. I'm on the pro team um, already. They're already yeah, looking I'm at me. Thinking, like they should, they should look like they should look at me. I'm 21. Yeah, I was 21 uh, at the time. I I'm the future this. of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I didn't do another one till that September. I left to go work that camp my final summer working that, and I came back. I trained like I trained every day. I had I remember marking down. I had 63 days when I returned from camp to do that race, and I I trained every single one of those days. You know, put it in probably still only like 20 miles a week, but they were all fast, doing a lot of AM wraps and like studying like all the obstacles that was at Fort Campbell and then I did it and I got third place. And then I was like, I remember like going across, like I smacked the bell, the multi ring. I just smacked that thing. I remember the, like, like probably the happiest third place person ever. And I smacked it. I went across the line and I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like my friends were there who came down to do the race. They watched me and they thought like I was the biggest badass ever and i was like oh my gosh like i just got third place at this rate like holy <laughs> crap because i remember like all because like so i get like my friends back home like a lot of them tell me like <laughs> we just kid around like nick you literally like people literally train all the time for that like you cannot do that and then when i did it i was like oh my god i just shut like a lot of haters up almost like just my <laughs> friends or whatever embrace the um, haters <laughs> yeah so that was that was awesome that, um yeah 
what do you and so what do you attribute that to like actually what are you like what were like your prs at the time what are like your high school and college prs in terms of like oh man nothing nothing great like jesus like like i um if people go back february this year on our podcast when your podcast i recorded with like it's nothing great like average runner in high school like i qualified my sophomore junior year we qualified as a team for state um first time in school history our a team from our school went to state um and i was number one on both of those teams my junior year i would have qualified regardless if my team didn't go it's cross country you're saying yeah cross country um i ran in high school my 5k pr on a hilly course, the only time we ran a five, we ran three miles in Illinois. So we only did 5K courses like once or twice. Mm-hmm. It was the, the race before state was a 5K. It was like on a hilly, muddy course. And I ran like a 17 22, like nothing amazing. Yeah. Um, and then at state, the three mile course, I ran a 1620 or 1630, something like that. And I got me a hundredth place out of 200 people. So, like I said, average mid pack. Yeah. Mid yeah. pack of the elite. Of uh, the state people. Of the elite yeah. state runners, right. So, like, yeah. still a good run. Like, you were probably the runner guy in high school. But you were like, oh, Nick's, like, the fastest dude in school. Yeah, in so- especially in Southern Illinois. Like, it's rule. Like, rule, rule, rule. Like, I had a school of 700 people, and that was the second biggest school in the entire region. Okay. Um, yeah. So, tiny, so, tiny. So, you probably uh, we were, were a big dog even then, like, even just by yeah. being number one guy on your team on yeah. the biggest school. Like, yeah, and the, at the small race, like, I never – I only won one high school race, but I was always top three, basically, yeah. especially my junior year. Um, yeah, second of conference. I was all conference three years. I was all Southern Illinois for three years. Um, senior year, I got pretty banged up with my rib. That kind of hurt me pretty bad. Um, so those were my PRs and cross. I did baseball the same season as track. My two years I did track, so I split times. Um, so I ran a 440 in my mile my junior year, which was my PR. And then I ran a two, a low, no, a high two flat, like two flat point eight five my senior year at the sectional meet. While, while playing baseball. While only, like baseball was my priority. I was actually, because um, we always, like a bunch of girls always did four sports. No guy ever did because like some girls could do softball and track or they can do like dance team and basketball like or whatever. yeah yeah um but they always had a big like controversy like like what's your priority like coaches clashing or whatever but so i was i actually my first contract i ever signed actually was my senior year because we were ran into my junior year as well like which was my priority sports which meets i had to go to like what games i couldn't miss for baseball and i had to sign that contract no and get way. both my coaches to sign it too so that was the first time in our in our school history somebody had to do that. Um, and the track coach is just happy to get people out there. They'll sign, yeah, that especially contract. it's like this guy yeah, might run too flat. <laughs> yeah, I'll sign this shit. Yeah, like too flat, and like I I did like maybe three runs a week. I I, I had some good speed out of nowhere. Um, really, actually, my training for track in baseball every every at every practice we did a ten minute warm up, and I would just hammer that every day <laughs> That's in, in my in my baseball cleats, like around the field. I would hammer that every day, and then um, quality, yeah. And then some days, like I would get out of school early. Um, my dad was a principal, which helped. And then I was I had this like medical careers where I can go do like clinicals, like try out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I would mm-hmm. get out of that early, and I would go to the track, and then I would just like hammer two hundreds, not knowing like 
didn't have a watch on me or anything. I would just hammer the 200, walk to the next half, the next 200, and then just hammer that like five times. And I would do that without like any training. Like we didn't have a distance coach um, or track coach. It was like, he just really knew sprints or whatever. He would just tell me like, yeah, go out there. Like do some 200s, do some 400s. I didn't have a watch. I didn't know like what time I should rest or anything. And I would just do that. Um, the most that helped me the most at high school, we had a guy in my conference. He was like David Rodisha to me, basically. Like he was like a one. 54 guy which is pretty good yeah um high school like really yeah really good i think he got second in state uh but i like every meet we ran together i would just go out as fast as i can with him and then try to just hold it so like i remember my conference meet my senior year when i ran like a 201 i went out like in a 53 but i came back like (laughs) because a guy he just he went out that fast like i'm just gonna try to do it um and our school record was a two flat point oh oh so i try to break that all year um and i never did my seat like that so like that was my pr is basically a 440 in the mile which was after a baseball game i played <laughs> i played center field the whole game shot a couple balls um out in the outfield it got a hit stole a base and then the game was over and then i just drove my car across the street to the track meet and made it to the mile in time and ran the 440 that was it and it sounds like your training was just really you just kind of like trained like a meathead he was like, I'm just going to go real hard when I can go hard. Yeah, and, and I did. And, like, and I didn't have, like, that. I guess that was where I really started doing my own training. Like, I would do, like, I would take control. Like, I had to have self-discipline. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, you see some of these high school kids, like, they're still, they're waking up at five, and they do, like, they're putting, like, 40 miles a week. Like, I, I would never imagine waking up early before school and doing work just like but i had self-discipline like to go out to the track by myself and at least do something at that time yeah absolutely and then when you look at so you mentioned self-discipline a couple times here and that is is that something that has been a common thread in terms of your training or is like is that something you think about a lot is like i mean i can i will get better at xyz because like i know i'm disciplined enough to do the work or is that something like you're constantly kind of working on Probably a little bit of both. Um, Going back to, like, college, we didn't – like, our coach just, like, quit on us, basically. So, like, we were – like, he was sending us workouts, and it was just to us and my two other guys on the team. Are we going to do this or not this day? Um, And I lived 30 minutes away from the school, too. So, like, I I was commuting. Um, So, I was like, am I going to have to drive here on the days I don't have class and still do this workout? And I would do that. Uh, So, definitely – and, like – all my training with Spartan racing, it's all by myself. So it's definitely a lot of self-discipline to like get out the door and do my long runs and do the track workouts. Uh, but there's also like a lot of times, like I don't have that self-discipline to do all the little things that like probably like a Ryan Atkins does or like a Ryan Kent does. Um, I don't know what those other little things are, but there's obviously something like, like they're doing that I'm probably not doing because they are, they've been a professional for a long time. And yeah, like you said, you're on your own, right? Like you've been training mm-hmm. solo for a long time, so you can't know what you don't know. But in terms of like having that self-discipline, even as a high school kid, like going and doing your own training on the track when you don't have to, where you talk about social pressure as a high school kid, right? You could do anything else that you wanted. You could have yeah. done the stuff in college. You could look at your buddy and be like, let's just go home. I'm, I got a 30-minute commute. I can get out of here. Like why do you think you were like that? Like why do you think that you're, you're okay with putting in the work solo 
Um, I don't really know. I, my, my parents, like, I, could, I really give, like, a lot of my credit to my parents of just um, – I saw my mom growing up, like, to get her master's degree, like, would drive – three times a week like when i was in elementary school like drive three nights a week down to murray state which is like two and a half hours away after her work like after her she was a an accountant um after work drive down there do her class drive back that same night get home at like midnight and just keep doing it and like 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 she she didn't have to do that i mean she was making a good career as a cpa um but she wanted to become a teacher to like spend more time with us the kids um so like i always think back to like i probably i don't probably tell her that enough but like i always think back my mom just did it Mm. like she literally just did it like my dad like get his doctorate like him staying up late at night he didn't have to get his doctorate in education um but he did try to like to make a better career for his kids like a better life um and he would like write his dissertation which is like over 200 pages and like he didn't have to do it but he just did it um, so I get a lot from those two. Um, definitely like academically, like I didn't really like, I didn't like, I'm not gifted, like being smart either. Like I had to like put in the work to get my classes, to get, to get A's, which thinking back now, getting an A in college, like does not matter at all in life. But um, <laughs> back then, my, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, all, no. it's all you can control. Um, but like, I would remember just like, I would, I would just, study like three nights a week before a test like that's what I had to do so probably my parents just like grinding away and then my own like personal school work struggles that I always deal with but I always like pull through and got like the good grades in class and then like it's just something I always like I had to do it um like my parents did it so like why can't I do it basically that's what kind of what it all comes down to yeah, and there's one way you can like. I mean, we all have our parents as an example, right? But like, you can either, it, but seeing them accomplish things as a child, like actually watching and understanding what the they had to do to put it in, whereas like, you know, they your parents could have been already established in their careers or whatever as you were a young child. You may have never seen anything like that and not mm-hmm. know what the work that they put in. So I mean, that's that's pretty. That's a nice, nice thing that you had to, to see and that you were able to absorb that from them to be like, okay, like, and that it still sticks with you today, you know, that you're like, I can be disciplined and put in this work. Now I have more time to do the work, so I'm going to do it because I have it. Um, so it's cool that it has like stuck with you. Yeah, and you should tell your mom. You should tell your mom that that was that's pretty cool. I should tell her more. I tell her I love her every day, but I don't tell her enough like how much like athletic that like my athletic accomplishments how much she actually plays so a role all this I, oh yeah, yeah thank you yeah um so what makes you good at ocr like why are you good at ocr because i i think you're good at ocr right like so yeah just like you've been on the podium you've had 20 something podiums right like yeah the- in two years of sparring race i've had i mean this year doesn't count i'm gonna say it doesn't count but like i've had 22 career spartan podiums three savage race podiums and then two top 10 national series finishes out of out of only done the national series three races yeah and you're on the pro pro team this year so Mm -hmm. uh so yeah you've had some success obviously enough to be recognized by spartan and be on the podium enough so like why are you good like what like how do you do it i don't know because i'm not the fastest guy like i i have never ran a sub 16 5k like um but and I think a lot of us have this attribute, but it's like, who has it more? And I think I'm just like the grittiest person. Um, 
that's basically like I've I've had the struggles in running. I've had struggles in other things in my life. And like when I get to OCR or Spartan race, I'm like, this is a one thing like I know I can excel at. So I'm just going to have to put in the grit and I'm going to have to like take the pain um, and do it. So like, I don't think it's a lot of like, yeah, I can run decently fast. Yeah, I can carry pretty well and I can grind up a mountain, but it's like my grit. Like I'll, I'll dive head first into that dunk tank and come out if that saves me a couple seconds on somebody like I'll scrape my back up on barbed wire. That means I get to go a little bit faster through it. Like, like I don't care about the pain at that moment. Like I'm just a gritty person. I feel like. Do you think about that? Like when you're at the starting line or when it's time to race, you're like, fuck everybody else. Like, yeah. They don't like, have I have, that. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of like self motivating things. Like, and this is not true whatsoever, but like, I like always say like nobody like believes in me, which is not true at all. I have so much support. Like nobody believes in me. Like this is all for your you. dad thought 90th yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah. He, he was yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, nobody, like this is for you. Like, this is like what you love to do. This is why you get up every morning. Like this is your sport. Like a lot of these other people, like, I don't know, like they train as well, but like they probably have a, like amazing, like a job. They're probably lawyers and doctors. Like they don't need this. Like, I don't like, this is you, Nick, like you were made to do this. And like, I have a lot of faith. You know, I like to have a lot of faith in God. And like, I'm like, this is what I was created to do basically. So like when I get to that start line, it's like, this is me. I'm the greatest person here. And I'm going to show it like right from the get go. when did you realize that? Like, when were you like, holy shit, like this is why I'm here. Where, was it like um, a point probably that you remember? When I got on, probably when I got on the podium um, my first time. Because I remember, like, I wasn't I, – I felt that – like, I was leading the race, and then I remember we went through underneath the barbed wire, and it's still, to this day, that's the shortest barbed wire I've ever, I've ever had to go through. Where, and was, I was, this, like, where was this at? Fort Campbell. Oh, Fort Campbell. Um, 2017. Um, yeah. It was the shortest barbed wire till this day I've ever gone under. And I remember, like, taking so long underneath it. Um, and like I came into the barbed wire in first and I came out like in eighth place. And I like, which is like, and the, if Fort Campbell is like the, like the most technical, like going through like thorn bushes, all this brush. And I remember just once I got out of there, I just hammered it. I hammered it through like all these thorn bushes. I was cut from my nipples to my pinky toe, basically <laughs> just like all this, like just getting cut up. And just running through it and like I had to catch so many people and like I remember like hitting my spear and like the guy next to me, like we looked at each other. It was for third place. And like I like he's he lives in Nashville. He's actually a good friend of mine. And I remember just looking at him and like, oh, he does not have this. And I just hit it and I finished the race. And I'm like, this that was like what my grit was. And like my mental game is strong. Like I know I can like I know I'm not the fastest person, but like when it like it comes down to that a spear throw or that's sandbag that you got to go just a little bit faster i think that's where like i excel at and like yeah like in terms like and where you are as being faster probably the same in terms of the field as you were in high school like you're not not fast but like yeah you're like in the middle of the pack of fast runners that exist in ocr right exactly yeah and so like you can be in the mix and like when you in 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 that race in particular, or in any race, really, like, did you know you were gritty or did that race? That race brought out my, like, I always knew, like, in basketball, like, 
like growing up, like the announcer, like on the radio was like, called me Mr. Mr. Hustle. Like that was my nickname because I was literally diving on the ground. I had Marcus Smart is Gritty. I would call him. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember like I was six foot, 150 pounds my senior year. And I led our conference in offensive rebounds. (laughs) Um, Like, and if you know anything about offensive rebounding or like rebounding nowadays, like it's all about grit. It's not a lot about skill anymore. Um, just hustle, go after everyone. And hustle, like, getting after every single ball. Dennis Rodman or Charles Rodgers. Yeah. Like, I just go after every rebound. Yeah. Like, there's skill in, like, where – I, I was always good at reading where the ball was coming off the rim, but I always just, like, would dive headfirst after a ball if it was on the ground. So I always, like, in basketball or baseball, like, I was never afraid to just slide headfirst and, like, get a bloody chin or something. Um, but that race really brought it out, like – I've always like never want to like just run through a woods or something. Um, <laughs> you don't and, train that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that race really brought it out. Like I have that ability to just like, I don't care what's going to happen to my body right now. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And that's, uh, and, and there's rare instances in which you can test yourself to the extremes that you can in obstacle course racing. Like you don't typically run through thorn bushes or if it, in a team sport, like, yeah, like the opportunity to dive on a loose ball presents itself presents itself every now and then like you would do that but that's not like the crux of the game that's a piece of the entire puzzle for a team sport so like needing to lean on being like oh i'm i am a gritty player but you don't know how that really would stack up against other people Mm. and ocr is kind of that it's like a measurement of grittiness kind of there's like speed Mm -hmm. and talent and strength and then like grittiness is like a huge part of that equation so like then you did you just embrace that then you were like all right cool like this is now who I am. Yeah, I did. And um going back to my rib issue, like I have a rib floating rib syndrome or whatever you want to call it, where my two bottom ribs on my right side pop out of place. And what happened? And did it did you get in an accident or something? No, I remember my sophomore year at a cross country race, I felt pain in my side and I thought it was just a cramp. And like the next several days, like during my practice, like running up, like walking up the stairs in school, like, Oh, this still hurts. Like this shouldn't feel right. And I went to the athletic trainer at the time at our school. I don't know why at the time she still is. Um, and she like would rubbed her hand up and down my side. She go, Oh, these are like out of plate, out of place. And like, thank goodness she knows how to pop it in. And she just like popped them in right then and there. Hmm. Um, and like, they never happened again my sophomore year. And then I think the constant, and she was like, oh, it's probably never happened again. So I never really never thought about it till the next season. Um, like, I played baseball, and I think the, it was on my right side, so I feel like the constant throwing of a baseball and the swing of the bat just, like, just made it weaker, basically, like, that cartilage yeah. there. Like, once, like, she explained, every time it pops out, basically, you get less and less cartilage, and, like, that doesn't come back. Right. Um, and I, I've seen a couple of even, like, orthopedic – orthopedic doctors like rib specialists um they say the same thing like that cartilage is just it's just for some reason it's not there i went to physical therapy um i thought building muscle around it would be helpful um it did a little bit but um not as much i don't know where else oh um obstacle course racing like after that fort campbell race because leading up to there like every race my junior year senior year college my rib would pop out of place like mile to go half mile to go and i would just hobble in basically and that four campbell race it didn't pop out i remember it saying like oh my gosh this did not pop out and then like i did the next race i'm like this 
I think it just doesn't pop out at OCR. So that's why <laughs> I kind of went all, all in on this sport. Cause like, this is a sport, like my one thing that like, I didn't want to pursue running anymore. Cause I was in so much pain is not that much of a factor anymore now. You think it's just because you can't get up to running as fast? And I think it is. Yeah, or I think breathing that is as hard. Like, yeah, um, I think I'm breathing just as hard. But there's opportunities where you don't have to breathe as hard. Yeah. Um, like I remember broke, it's I'll, broken up. Yeah, like it's broken up. Like you literally will have to run through a river in OCR, and like you can't go fast through there, and you might as well lower your heart rate anywhere there. Any like if you're going through a river or going through like a sandbag carry or something like that or a steep climb and uh, i just found that, like it, it would still pop out in, like in some obstacle course races but it's nowhere near as much as it was when i was road racing or cross country and those little breaks that we get like even if i'm about to feel like it's about to pop out and like we get like get to climb over the cargo net i come off of it and it's all better i don't know what it is um but i'm so glad that like, that's how it is it's another like reaffirming. It's like, okay, this is my sport. This is why <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing the other stuff. No, but OCR, it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. my rib. I, I have this grittiness component. So this is my shit. Yeah. And like the last several years, like I've done some road races and trail races and I think getting the muscle, like adding a lot of muscle has definitely helped. Um, and like sometimes in my road racing now, like it doesn't pop out, but it's, I'm scared to like, Go, let's go do a 5k time trial like this week but like if it pops out like shoot now I, now i don't even live by my athletic trainer who pops it in every time so now it's even like i have to think about my training even more like i can't risk my rib popping out now and then like icing it for the next several days and hope it feels better yeah you gotta find somebody yeah, find somebody down there. Um, I think my brother's gonna. My brother did it the other day, but it was like it was kind of sketchy. I thought he was gonna break my rib. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, man. I'll give it a shot. Just give it a little. That's that's, that's a good brother job. Another perk with living with your brother. Yeah, like, he's a nurse, it. so like at least he knows. He knows the something. body. Yeah, he yeah. knows something at least. Um, so what's your goal then? What's your goal with OCR? My goal with OCR, um, you know. I want to be a consistent top five in the U S national series. Um, I know like top three podium would be awesome, but like if you're in the consistent top five, always like you're going to be pretty good. Like people are going to always know who you are. Like, and you have to be so well-rounded to do that. Um, like the Hills have definitely got me in the past. Like beast courses have definitely like torn me up some like West Virginia has, but if I'm, I, I've changed my whole life to like chase this goal now. Um, and I see there's opportunities like down the road for like a, a full on career, either that's coaching or starting my own business with it or something like that. Like I see the opportunity there. So I need to get better, get my name out there, get like, I know what I'm talking about and mm. like, why not? I don't want to look back when I'm, you know, I say 40 years old, but Ryan was is 40 years old. and still kicking right. ass. But like, right. <laughs> I don't want to look back when I'm 40 or 50. and like, man, those young years when I was single, no kids, like I had the op, like this opportunity to move to Nashville to chase it. Like, I don't want to look back and say, I just wasted it. So if I can be a consistent top five in this sport for the next, I don't know, decade, like that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. Why, not? why? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Like, yeah, like the top. One- yeah, the top people in this sport. Yeah, the pop, top people in this sport. They're all thirty to forty years old. So like, these next couple of years, like I've 
when I'm 28 years old, 30 years old, they're going to be much older. So like somebody has got to take that spot. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to do a, I'm hoping to do a suitor to that, but, um, that's my goal. And that's like, you're at, you're probably not quite to your athletic prime when it comes to an aerobic competition, right? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. the best running athletes are typically 28, 29, 30. You know, Galen Rupp's still our top guy. He's my age. He's 34, 35, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, a lot, <clears throat> you can do in terms of running. And I like what you're saying about, you know, not missing an opportunity. I think we all have that a little bit, but you're at that, you're out there seizing it and going after it to a place where you can actually chase this as a career. Like even outside yeah. of like the coaching or whatever it is, like you could make enough money and like really supplement your lifestyle and build that credibility. So I like it, man. It's more than just, it's more than just getting a top five and like knowing that you belong or whatever that people know that you're a good racer it's like this is like your livelihood at this point almost mm-hmm. um so that's cool so what do you need to what do you need to do like what do you need to do to, to get there i'm still just building like i still only run about 45 miles a week i still i, th- I think that's you can get a lot done with that like i've proved it like you can um i would like to like always like be consistent like 55 or like miles a week and it's like more some more like cross training but i'll tell you what the number one thing is rich and like you're big on this like my nutrition has to probably get better Mm. um you know i i've i've read a lot about it i've watched a lot of youtube videos on it some movies and it's like you know the nutrition part does play a huge role in it um i'm definitely like i'm younger and i've gotten away with it like i just i don't eat horribly like i just try to get a lot of calories in it but like i don't eat I don't eat enough greens. I don't eat everything that I need to do. Um, I need a lot of like processed meats probably. Um, I just try to get as much calories in me as possible because I know I'm burning a lot. So right. You're just eating, you're just eating whatever, yeah, whatever opportunity. You have yeah. To eat. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's going to be, I know I have the physical aspects. I know I can run with a lot of people. Um, I think it's going to be those other little things I talk about where it's like mobility or recovery. Like probably some of these top people are like, I, on the running public, they talk like pros, like they invest in their body. And I don't think I invested in my body as much as I have put out probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what's tough about the sport, right? It's like the investment piece in anything that's outside of the actual races and travel, because there's not that much support, you know? Yeah. It's like, how do you justify that? You know, it's like, yeah, I'll invest in my body, but like, I need to invest in the food in my refrigerator as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like that tough balance of trying to figure that out. But it sounds like it is some of like the, just the smaller things, right? Like the training for you, you know, like, you know, it works, right. And you know, like what you're going to dive into. And I think you're right. Like, I think some more miles and just being there consistently being injury free for a long time, I think it would really come a long way. And, but just like doing those little things, we'll talk, we'll talk offline for sure about like some yeah. things and how we could, how we can work, work on those. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like just like, cause those are the next pieces, right? Like you've, you've accomplished a ton just based off the physical part. And now it's like, what else can you do to dial it in? Like, what else is there? Cause there, there is always something, you yeah. know, especially um, in this sport, like Jesus, I know it's like unlimited things you could do. It's like, well, maybe I need to get stronger. Maybe my carries need to get better. And it's hard to figure that out. Um, but along those lines, like what, 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 if you were to pick one course, that like would be the world championship like if you had could hand pick it like where would you put it that would best suit you in terms of and eh, take it two two ways like that you would like to you can pick one it's like where you would like to go and where you think would be fun and another one where you think you would do the best 
Do the best. Um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. There you go. <laughs> I've, I've, I've gotten, I've won that, won it three times now. Four podiums there. Like that's my place. Yo, come see Nick um, at Fort Campbell. This Dare it's you. really, it's pretty technical. It's like that's the one course I still feel like Spartan. Just like okay, there's a woods right there. Let's just go right through it. Let's They're not even cut any- it. Let's yeah, let's not even cut anything out. Um, <laughs> so like that's like every time I've done it. Um, that's my place. It's really technical. A lot of bushwhacking, and then a couple rolling hills. Um, that's my place. That's where if there's a world championship, come find me right there. I'll be at the start <laughs> line. Um, where I would want it to be, I don't know. I don't know too much about like Europe, but I would want to. I want to do international racing. Mm. Um, so if there's an op, like I was going to go to Abu Dhabi this year. Um, I was looking at flights. I almost put a down payment on a flight, even um, like in March. So luckily, I didn't. Those things weren't cheap. Uh, yeah. Um, so somewhere probably like in a different country, probably overseas in like Europe or Asia. I just, I want to go with this sport has allowed me to see our entire country. Like I've never like really ventured out of Illinois before this. Um, so it's let me see the entire country. Now I wanted to see the world with it basically. So if the world championships went across, across the sea, I would love, I mean, they are, but like in Europe or something, I would love to go there anywhere. Yeah, that would be cool. It'd be interesting to see like how that contrasts because even just watching the race that they had the, the trifecta one in Greece, like they're like yeah, gee, that's yeah. Oh my god, and that course was amazing. It looked awesome. Like yeah, like you're running through a Sparta the village and then you're out in the mountains in there. Like I think that should be a world championship course. That'd be sweet. And like yeah, I don't think it's at altitude, right? Anywhere it's not yeah. altitude is like yeah, thumbs up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of when you like what moves the needle the most for you in training? Like what's like your favorite, like, I know you've mentioned, I mean, we've obviously talked about running, doing AMRAPs, doing some functional type stuff. Like when you're getting ready for a race, say you're getting ready for Fort Campbell where you're going to go mash everybody. Like, what do you do? Um, so back home, like our trails, like we have some pretty hilly trails, but there was this one rugged, like it was completely flat, but it, I mean, you were running through like a river, just rugged. And I would love to do an old fashioned, just, Five, four, three, two, one, two, three, four, five. Like a fart just, lick? Yeah, fart lick. Um, and then recoveries half the time. Or just do a five, four, three, two, one and just hammer that. Hmm. Um, especially if it's like 10 days out from a race. Um, constantly running just a fart lick style. Those are my, like fart licks are my, is what I do pretty much all my interval based training is. Because my logic is optical course racing and Spartan race is just one big fart lick. The entire time it's a 50 to an hour and a half fart lick which are tough um so like i'll do 30 minute fart licks like three minutes on two minutes off four minutes on two minutes off stuff like that so i don't really get up there the interval like the minute range but like i'll just do it i'll do it for 30 or 40 minutes sometimes like some of my fart licks and that makes sense. And, and just like making it like the race you know it doesn't have to be overly complicated and like i know i fall victim to that. like let's make it exactly what like is going to get my maximum output so i can get the best fitness response possible mm-hmm. really just like run through some shitty woods like fast sometimes not so fast other times and just like yeah get ready is it at like race pace or are you going like sub race pace you going faster than what you feel like? i like to go like my shorter fart licks, my shorter fart licks i like to just like a five four three two one and then like one two three four five stuff like that i like to just hammer it like 
and then like my recovery like like I did this on the road the other day like I was going sub five minute pace for like the actual running on and then the off like my recovery I was still averaging like 6 30 or 7 like okay, just so you don't pull back like, too much so pull back too much just like hammer it um those are my shorter ones and then like the longer ones just like keep like a steady pace the whole time um say like I'm doing like a 10k or a half marathon pace for the on but I'm still holding like a marathon pace for the off like I don't like to like chill out too much I like that and it just makes sense right like don't make it too complicated just get out there mm-hmm. and just run hard on the terrain and, you, and are you always trying to get it on wacky terrain um some like if it's one to be race specific yeah um like if i have like weeks and weeks like between races like i'll just get it on the road or get it on the trail here out in nashville we got some pretty good cross-country like courses like they're not like muddy or whatever but they're not on even grounds um and some rolling hills in there so i've been hammering that out here when i can um it's always just good to run on grass i feel like if you're giving me an obstacle course racer especially if it gets like the day after a rainstorm or something like get out there and get some mud, get some mud on you. Just get, just go start rolling in the mud. Yeah. Start doing that. Um, cool, man. So, I mean, we're here, we're talking, we're on, we're on this team, the obstacle race collaboration, AKA torque, AKA the collab. So what are you, what are you excited uh, the most about like joining up having this team? Dude, I'm excited. Like there's so many, like we're all like good coach. Like a lot of us have like, coaching backgrounds a lot of us have different sport backgrounds a lot of our high level runners a lot of us are like high level endurance athletes like mountain runners like they have just like a network and we we always could have just reach out to people but like to like know that we have people now that are all one goal um and just to learn from that's what i'm most excited about because like i don't know much about like i'm still learning about being a mountain runner mm-hmm. mountain runner in parentheses or whatever like and I got Joshua Reed right there and Lauren Longfield and well, Lauren maybe be a bad example, but, um, <laughs> like what she's her doing. Work. Her work no, will, I her don't. Work will but put like, you on the sideline. Yeah. And like <laughs> a lot of us, like, I mean, we got nurses on the staff, we got respiratory therapists on the staff. Like we got a lot of people that just know the human body. So to reach out, like, and we're all there together. And then hopefully like we can build this thing up and, make an actual sponsorship team like that's like like what i said like this path has a lot of opportunities and careers and this is an opportunity that might turn into something like bigger than any of us ever thought yeah i totally agree and i like in terms of where the sport is and like needing to push it forward for the sake of like like having a career in this thing like this is an opportunity to do that you know like i'm i'm real excited for it like before it as well and like I said, like the people are just awesome. There's like a lot of good quality yeah. people in this. Um, cool, man. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. That, that's where, yeah, that's, that's the deal. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Nick, where can people find you? Um, Instagram's the best. That's my main thing. Enriker five. You know, I, I, I recently got on TikTok. I've just been making like short clips of training. That's in Riker five as well. I have a question about that for you. Yeah. So you don't like music. So why? Not a whole how, lot. That's the hardest part. How is TikTok. it? How is TikTok going to work for you? So a, a guy that I work, a guy I work with, he's like has almost a million followers on TikTok, and I like all my text messages with him. Like I'll send him videos. Like what's what song works for this one? <laughs> and he like that that is the hardest part. Like I'm not a. Uh, 
musical person like i don't know like what the rhythm would look like or like <laughs> if it like matches up with it like I'll, I'll sit i'll edit the video i'll send it to him it was like what song and then he like this one and that's what it's been so far there's like a lot of work associated with tiktok man it's like my first tiktok took about an hour to make Dude, it takes, like, I, I was goofing on a little bit. You can edit so much and, like, do a yeah. lot of stuff on there to the point where I would never, like, be done. Like, you could do so much stuff. Yeah, like, these, these kids that live in California that, like, make a career on it, I can see why. I they can spend can that much time. Why. Like, you yeah. could tell someone who's, like, really good at TikTok and someone who's just, like, doing it because, like, Instagram's not really. It's just, like, you take a photo and that's the photo that you're going to use and, like, you can filter it up, whatever. But TikTok is, like lots of stuff you can do yeah it's wild you need to have it like backdropped with like a podcast or something that's more that's more your speed you need yeah to, you need to create the tiktok for podcasts how would that look just like i'm just an idea guy you i'll be the closer yeah you yeah. you go ahead you be the ops on this and figure out what how that's gonna work for 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 people like you you're not the you're one of the only people i know who, who doesn't like music but you're probably not the only one yeah music no no i'm not um so yeah in riker five on instagram and tiktok twitter in riker i make a lot of funny tweets and then you know my what dog pod, what about your podcast oh the rye reasons um on optical racing media it's a bachelorette and bachelor podcast with ryan woods and i'm nick riker um, so I, the, it took me a minute too. I thought it was the rye. I thought it was just after I get the rye after you explained yeah. it to me, but I was like, are we is this named just after Woods? I mean no. Riker, I thought you were on no. the show. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm the show, I think. Um <laughs> I haven't listened yet. I do apologize. I told yeah. you I was going oh, to. I fine. haven't. It's fine. I will. I promise. Um <laughs> it's, I think I find it funny. Uh we call it the rye reasons because there's always like you you're always trying to find out who's on the show for the right reasons. Some people are there for fame. Some people are there to build their brand. But who's there to find love? Those are the ones who are for the right reasons. Okay. We're going to go a little bit longer because I want to talk to you about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> okay. is, um, so when you watch this show, I, don't, I haven't. Not, yeah. For, I don't even have Does a TV it, here. But no, I, you I, don't. That's, I, that's right. I don't have a TV. That, that, that's probably not the only reason I don't watch it, but I've never watched it and really got into it. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but when you watch it, are you rooting for the people who are there for the right reasons or are sometimes you rooting for the people? Do you like to have someone in there who's mixing it up, doing it? Oh, wacky. Absolutely mixed up. Absolutely. I love that. I watch this show for drama. Um, cause some of it is the craziest stuff you'll ever witness. Like that only reality TV show and these producers can show, uh, but it's always, it's nice like when you get to the end and like the two people like you hope they make it you hope you hope like you know they actually do because you know they spend a lot of time on this so it's good to have people there for the right reasons but it's better for people to be there for the wrong reasons <laughs> for entertainment value yeah it's better if they're in it for the wrong snaky uh-huh. type reasons and how much I mean I have no faith in television. Is it like really scripted? Is it like really like? So like, I think the drama in between it is not scripted, but it's definitely the producer. So the bachelor producers are the best producers in the business. And they definitely, I feel like push a lot of it. Um, They probably tell like a guy like, Oh, go tell her this or like, go do that or something that I think they tell the contestants like, this would be a good idea if you did this um, knowing it's not a good idea. So that part I think is scripted. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So who? Um, so to me, that's not the right reasons. The producers. No, the producers are not there for the right reasons. Wrong reasons. Um, they're there to make money. Money. Um, and what money? How do you make money? Is drama, and they got to stir the pot a little bit. Um, and you're there for that pot yeah. stirring. I'm there. I'm there, all in for it. I love it. And like, Woods is Woods on the same? Are you guys on the same team? Oh, yeah. Are you guys have the opposite? Yeah, we're, we're for it. We're all for it. Like. Like we want, we want at the end of the day, we want it to be good and like all good, but then, um, we want drama. Like there's been a little bit of drama this year. Like this has been crazy this season because we've had two bachelorettes because the first bachelorette fell in love with a guy on first sight. And within a week they got engaged. Never heard of it before. So they had to bring on a, they had to bring on a new girl. Um, and this one, this one has gave a lot more drama in it. So the first one was in it for the right reason. She's like, I'm here. (laughs) And she that was. Guy She's thirty-nine. She was thirty-nine. She was ready. Oldest, she was, she was ready. She saw him, and that's all she. That was the only guy she wanted to spend time with. Um, so all the other guys were getting frustrated, and then the producer was like, "Hey, you either pick this guy and tell these guys like they can move on with their lives, or like you try to like build relationships with the other people." And she's like, "No, I want to pick Dale. Like he's my guy." And they Who's got engaged. Dale, Dale. former <laughs> former NFL player. Oh, okay. I guess you can have a name like Dale then when you have a, when you're probably a monster. Um, we'll check out the rye reasons and I'll continue this dialogue when I have more questions about the bachelor bachelorette because the whole thing is interesting to me, but I'm not necessarily uh-huh. compelled to watch it, but okay, I enjoy hearing, fine. I enjoy hearing it from you. So maybe I'll, maybe I I, that's a reason to watch. To listen. I think most of our listeners don't watch the show. They just listen to, for Woods and I to talk. Just like your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm your friend. I'm going to check it out. Um, cool, man. I linked everything, and well, we're definitely gonna have you back on. We'll, this is, like I said, it's gonna be something that's gonna be reoccurring. Where we'll do race recaps, we'll do course previews, whole lot of stuff coming from Torque. So we'll be out here. Sounds good, man. All right, dude. Later. Later.